Welcome to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Your host is Rochelle McLaughlin. It's time to experience radical well-being. Learn to nourish your heart, body, and mind. Manifest your power in the present. And learn to live your life's infinite potential. Now, here's your host, Rochelle McLaughlin. In a recent Revolutionary Wellness Talk radio episode, I shared how I had the very special experience to witness an extraordinary local event where today's guest, Lisa Rosenberg, was appointed as San Mateo County's Poet Laureate. San Mateo County Supervisor and President of the Board of Supervisors, Warren Slocum, along with Carol Groom, spearheaded a project to incorporate a very special position into our local community to integrate poets into politics and our local community to elevate poetry into the consciousness of San Mateo County residents and to help celebrate the literary arts. And it was so inspiring to witness this beauty right in the midst of such political complexity. It was also the way that Warren Slocum created the space to honor the art of poetry, to honor the past poet laureate, and to welcome the new poet laureate, which is my guest today on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio, Lisa Rosenberg. Warren Slocum did this all with such intention and care. It was a deeply moving experience, and it felt to me like a deep expression of love of this beautiful art form. And it was this event in particular that inspired this episode by validating my own significant experience with poetry in my life over the past few years since beginning the journey, obtaining my certification as a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher through the Center for Mindfulness in Medicine, Healthcare, and Society at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Since it was over the course of this training that I was introduced to poetry during some of my darkest hours of my life and through this poetic exposure concurrent with my being invited to turn towards my own broken heart, my wandering mind, and my painful and neglected body, it was as though the poetry was offered as a sacred gift over and over as a healing balm, a salve, a remedy, an antidote to those traumas, those discomforts, the disconnection, the neglect, and the deepest wounds um, as I dove into them over and over again through awareness training. And I'm clearly coming to poetry from an embodied experience that has little or no specific literary background or training with poetry. And so I am so excited to have the opportunity to unpack my deeply embodied experiences of poetry with Poet Laureate Lisa Rosenberg today. So without further ado, allow me to introduce Lisa to you. Lisa Rosenberg holds degrees in physics and creative writing, and she received a Wallace Stegner Fellowship in Poetry from Stanford. University. She worked for many years in physics and engineering, founded an independent technology marketing consulting and freelance design practice, and was active in aviation as a private pilot. Lisa's writing has appeared in both literary and technical venues, from poetry anthologies and periodicals to trade and scientific journals. Lisa was recently appointed as San Mateo County's second Poet Laureate for a two-year term starting in January, and she has a keen interest in human development, learning, and wellness. In 
the years leading up to her up to parenthood, she undertook the intensive practitioner training in the Feldenkrais method of somatic education. She became a student of Aikido and began her wellness journey into functional medicine. Lisa was awarded the Morton Marr Poetry Prize, the Poetry Club of England, New England's Erica Mumford Prize, as well as the Francis Locke Memorial Award and a Wallace Stegner Fellowship through Stanford University, as I mentioned. Lisa will be a featured poet at the Countryside Poetry Reading Series on Tuesday, November 15th at 7 p.m. in Half Moon Bay. And you can find out more about this event at facebook.com backslash Coastside Poetry backslash. And for speaking, consulting, and education engagements, Lisa can be reached via her email at lrconsulting at me.com. Welcome, Lisa, to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. I am so excited to be here with you today and to receive your insights on how poetry can be a nourishing balm for those wounded places in our own dear hearts. Oh, Rochelle, thank you so much. Um, I have to say I was really surprised and um, delighted when you um, extended the invitation to be on the show. Um, I've had many queries since the official Poet Laureate appointment for um, brief statements and interviews and so forth, but um, to talk in the context of wellness and living in wellness is a really welcome opportunity, um, in part because it's very applicable and also because even though this is not an explicitly literary venue or because it's not a literary venue, um, to, to talk about the inner workings of poetry and how that is part of our human experience is very much directly tied to how poetry works. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just a really wonderful combination of, of uh, opportunity and context for this mm-hmm. discussion. Mm, Thank you for that. And Lisa, I'd love to begin our show by sharing a transformative experience that I had with one poem in particular, as the experience may resonate with others and to give an example of how poetry can be so moving and life-changing. Also with the intention of having you, Lisa, help me unpack and articulate the gravity and the enormity of the connection between the experience of poetry as a healing art and a therapeutic modality to foster intimacy and to normalize and validate deep human experiences. So this is an experience that I had several years ago during a professional training mindfulness-based stress reduction retreat that was located at a retreat center in the mountains overlooking Monterey Bay in California. This was a seven-day professional training residential retreat that was led by Dr. John Kabat-Zinn and Saki Santarelli. And I was on this retreat with about 150 other healthcare practitioners, and we were in day four of the day seven intensive training retreat. And by day four, we had already been led into silence by Dr. John Kabat-Zinn and Mm. Saki Santarelli for a couple of days. So except for those times when um, John Kabat-Zinn and Saki Santarelli would open up the group for question and answer periods. We were all basically in, we were in silence in the company of one another. And this was for several days. So during one of the midday Q&A periods, there was one particular question that literally sent a chill of recognition through me as it resonated so much with my own experience with integrating mindfulness into my life. 
It was a woman sitting in the middle of the room. She raised her hand, stating that as a physician, she lived most of her life working hard to get someplace else to obtain and complete her training and then to work tirelessly to pay off loans and then to gain the house and the car and the stuff and that society tells us all that we should have and that she couldn't recall a time when she was fully present for her life. And she expressed that she sensed a deep source of grief welling up during the past few days, being led into silence. And she began to recognize just the gravity of what she had lost by being perpetually distracted. She mentioned that as she stayed aware of the grief, that she recognized that she was experiencing just a deep level of sadness and that she had lived most of her life in a perpetual state of disconnection and distraction and it was only now at such a later time in her life that she was finally being present for her life for such present you know precious moments of her life and she began to recognize the you know through this training in mindfulness that this was really the only life she has to live it's right now and she she was in tears and after a few moments, Dr. John Kabat-Zinn acknowledged and validated her pain in a very beautiful, very authentic way. It was very clear in the way he spoke that you could tell he was speaking from his own direct experience of what she was pointing to. And then from memory, he recited this Antonio, Mach- Antonio Machado's poem called The Wind, One Brilliant Day, and I'd love to share it. <clears throat> he says, The Wind, One Brilliant Day called to my soul with an odor of jasmine. In return for the odor of my jasmine, I'd like all the odor of your roses. I have no roses. All the flowers in my garden are dead. Well then, I'll take the withered petals and the yellow leaves and the waters of the fountain. The wind left and I wept and I said to myself, what have you done with the garden that was entrusted to you? so this poem has affected me deeply ever since and it almost feels as though this poem has become an embodied experience Mm -hmm. as though I carry it with me in my body it carry it's almost as though it carries signposts for my journey it holds a powerful message about Mm -hmm. how to heal and it is a deeply felt experience and it informs my life in so many ways it even it feels as though it empowers me to be my best self and to live congruently with my deepest values, to take tender care of my pro, my proverbial gardens, like the earth, my own body, the garden that are my girls, the garden that is my relationship with my husband, and the garden that is all the animals and other beings that I share this planet with, and I could go on and on, of course. So, Lisa, given your experience with training in an embodied movement practice like Feldenkrais and your background in physics and functional medicine and, of course, the poetic arts, can you speak to this experience, how a piece of art, a piece of poetry could become a part of someone's human experience so profoundly as this has been for me? Well, I think we'll probably spend this entire hour circling around that whole question um, but it really comes down to how you know how does a poem work and how does a poem mean to take a title from um, John Ciardi's um, well-known book of the past and you know poetry has been called um, the telling of the tale of the tribe and it is an ancient art with roots in song um, it has really these these two firm bases to it. One is 
that it's it's rooted in a very physical process song patterns of rhythm patterns of sound and these are these have been parts of human experience that precede um, language you know written and spoken language and then also we have the the language aspect of it and levels of meaning but um, poetry itself offers multiple levels of meaning and because it's a very physical temporal art you know we experience it in time like a piece of music um, it provides different paths of access and you know we can I think there are you know as you and I have spoken about this and just as people reflect on their own experiences we have this um, intuitive body knowledge of sounds and sound patterns and that is part of what we draw on we have our own knowledge and association with different parts of language and we each of us draws on that as well and um, then there's this whole concept of unpacking so I just wanted to make it really clear that you know unpacking as you stated not really about explicating the poem or saying what does this line mean what does this line mean what does this line mean but really looking at how it functions how it Mm -hmm. how it functions within us and between us that's beautiful lisa it is time to take a short break and we will continue our, our conversation when we come back my guest today is san mateo county's poet laureate lisa rosenberg lisa rosenberg has been a visiting poet for the california poets in schools program she leads poets poetry workshops and seminars and will be featured a featured poet at the Coastside Poetry Reading Series on Tuesday, November 15th in Half Moon Bay. And you can email Lisa directly at lrconsultingatme.com. We will be right back with Lisa Rosenberg. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright, revolutionary wellness. Introducing the Experience Revolutionary Wellness Coaching Program. Log on today to begin your journey into the mystery and join our virtual village. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. When you experience revolutionary wellness, you will be the change you wish to see in the world. Log on to experiencerevolutionarywellness.com today and join Rochelle on an adventure into your own unique journey toward revolutionary wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. 
What sets apart VoiceAmerica.tv from the other video content providers on the Internet? Choice and flexibility means that you can host your video content live or on demand on the main VoiceAmerica.tv channels through your own branded media player or your own private TV channel. We support multiple media formats, so all of your video content can be in one place. We offer a number of advertising and video packages. For more information, visit VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You're listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is an internationally known meditation teacher, clinician of mind and body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She's an author, speaker, and creator of Experience Revolutionary Wellness Virtual Village. If you would like to reach Rochelle, send an email to Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Again, that's Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Welcome back. We are talking today with Poet Laureate Lisa Rosenberg about Listening for Love, a conversation on the healing powers of poetry. Lisa has described her work and her writing in broader terms as working towards a more inclusive context that moves beyond the division, C.P. Snow aptly called the two cultures. She envisions writing, mentoring, and lecturing as part of a larger multidisciplinary conversation. In the long view, Lisa sees her poems as a part of a gateway to that conversation, helping to create a more inviting, less obstructed entry for future poets who write from new terrain, and helping to bring poetry firmly into the fold of disciplines and endeavors that have our broad civic and cultural attention as integral to human enterprise. Lisa, in my experience, anytime there is a division or a separation, either internally, like personally, if I've noticed um, the divisions and separation, but also in society, for example, the disconnection between the arts and science and technology mm-hmm. that we have today. We we are at a threshold for healing to be done. And your work in marrying the arts and technology together through poetry is an act of healing. <clears throat> you have a poem titled Space that really merges these aspects of human condition. I wonder if you would share that poem and then we can talk about the connections that you make. Sure. Um, I'll read that space. My father brought home the blue-jacketed, government-issued views of the surface of the moon, parsed, printed, and bearing the crosshairs of our optics on mottled fields where illusion made bubbles of craters as we watched. My small body tracking toward a moon cycle still years away, toward wings I would seek to merit, and a paper to confirm my degree in postulating the deep workings of a universe, but not the world who sings to us first, before the logic 
of reason, before speech, equations forged in the engines of memory, hot interiors of moments that meld thought to muscle and words to thought. That's beautiful. Um, Yes, go ahead. Well, I was going to say that poem started as literally kind of a biographical explanation of working in both sciences and arts. And because I stayed in an open process after a certain point, um, realized it was I couldn't make it go where I thought I wanted it to go. And I stayed open to really listening for where it could unfold. Um, it brought me back to um, a, a different discovery of my humanness and my physicality. And all of that was because of how and where science was weaving in my life. And mm-hmm. so it wasn't an exploration of, of, say, science or technology as topics, but more writing from the experience of how those are part of life. It's beautiful. <clears throat> your, so your words, and as you just mentioned, they speak to your experience of the integration of the poetic art with science and technology. Is there, there, uh, and is there a part of you that you are also integrating and healing in this process of your own unfolding? And I wanted to connect it as well with a statement that you made right before break where you say it's poetry is the the telling the of the tale of the tribe mm-hmm. and i you know there's i think you know most of us would say that today in society there are these like almost chasms of um disconnection between the arts and the sciences and technology mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that in a way we it's the you know we are expressing this as a tribe of people of this um, sense of separation and that there are that poetry and the way you're bringing this into your work, that you really are integrating these two, which is so beautiful. Would you say, could you make the connection between your work and integrating these as well, but also healing um, your own unfolding of integrating yourself aspects of yourself? Well, if I, if we zoom way out, just for a moment, um, I should I should give this kind of high level caveat that um, <clears throat> a lot of what I'm saying is not exclusive to poetry, and can apply to you know other arts as well as any practice that really puts us in a mode of discovery and curiosity mm. um, and openness, mm. and that is how. A process of discovery, you know, a process of discovery works, and poetry in particular um, works by taking us out of our habitual patterns, whether those are patterns of movement or patterns of thought. Mm. And when we move out of our habitual patterns, mm-hmm. um, we become ripe for making new connections. And, you know, part of that is about open mindedness, it can mm-hmm. be open heart as well. Uh-huh. Um, but that also, you know, if we think of that as moving toward integration, as opposed to differentiation, and both are equally part of our development and part of our learning. Um, but there's a difference between differentiation and divisiveness. Okay. So if we look at, 
the pra- poetry as a practice, as a process. And if we, if we think about it as an embodied process, um, because it uses sound, it, it literally does use movement. You know, we, I would encourage anyone who is reading silently to sub-vocalize mm. and actually hear, you know, hear the poem. Um, when we speak a poem, when we recite, just like when we speak everyday language or when we sing, we're making patterns of movement with our face. Mm-hmm. Um, these are associated with emotions, and we know this very instinctively. Um, so there's a whole category of body knowledge mm-hmm. there. Um, we know patterns that are associated with specific emotions. You know, if you make if you say words that have the SN sound, like snark and, and snivel, and you know your your upper lip makes this little little mm-hmm. movement there, and you know it's it's there's some unpleasantness associated with it. <laughs> you hear you hear a dirge, you hear a slow heavy m- movement, and you know it's not about some sprightly happy fleeting moment. Mm. Um, so there's that body knowledge that we draw on mm-hmm. and then there are these overall patterns which are you could say that if you're talking about opening and curiosity mm-hmm. that is a pattern we associate with expansion and love mm-hmm. and if you think of fear if you just for a moment you know, pull out a fearful thought anyone and what happens in your body Mm-hmm. A tightening, a closing, a contraction. Um, think of think of the most loving image you can have. <laughs> um, the person you love the most, the thing you know, a smell, a sound, a flavor that delights you. What do you feel? Um, mm. Do you feel more, you know, an open or a lighter or an expansive sense? So those mm-hmm. are really like global patterns. But if we put ourselves in a process or a practice that is more open directed mm-hmm. and and keeps us in a mode of discovery you know openness is more associated with learning um, acceptance all the different words we can use that are different types of love mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that um, whether or not we're going to be differentiating is fine but that that tends to not work in the direction of divisiveness. Mm. So I don't know how many <laughs> questions I may have leaped over in that. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful, Lisa. And in fact, it's time to take a short break. My guest today is San Mateo County's Poet Laureate, Lisa Rosenberg. Lisa's Poet Laureate community projects and events will be accessible on San Mateo County's Poet Laureate website, which is www.sanmateocountypoet.com. These events are open to the public, and the voices will include writers of all ages from across San Mateo County. Lisa's readings and events are posted on her Facebook poetry page, which is facebook.com backslash Lisa dot Rosenberg dot poetry. And this spring, we'll migrate to her forthcoming website, which is www.lisarosenberg.com, including online offerings for speaking, reading, consulting, and education engagement. So she can be reached via email as well as at at lrconsulting at me.com. We will be right back with Lisa Rosenberg. (laughs) 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright, revolutionary wellness. Introducing the Experience Revolutionary Wellness Coaching Program. Log on today to begin your journey into the mystery and join our virtual village. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. When you experience revolutionary wellness, you will be the change you wish to see in the world. Log on to experiencerevolutionarywellness.com today and join Rochelle on an adventure into your own unique journey toward revolutionary wellness. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is an internationally known meditation teacher, clinician of mind and body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She's an author, speaker, and creator of Experience Revolutionary Wellness Virtual Village. If you would like to reach Rochelle, send an email to Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Again, that's Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. My guest today is Lisa Rosenberg. Lisa was recently appointed as San Mateo County's next Poet Laureate. The Poet Laureate will act as ambassador and advocate for poetry, literature, and the arts. The Poet Laureate contributes to San Mateo County's poetry and literary legacy through public readings and participation in civic events. And the Poet Laureate will also propose and lead a community project. Lisa will be working on creating venues and events to showcase local writers. The more opportunities created, the more people will have a chance to be heard, to present themselves as artists and voices. It will be, uh, she'll be working on education outreach, including school visits and soliciting students' participation in community literary events, speaking engagements. And for Lisa in particular, as Poet Laureate, she will be acting as both mentor and model, creating programs programs and events to bring different communities together and broaden opportunities for aspiring writers, modeling how disparate fields are not so far apart like poetry and technology. Lisa, you state, by demonstrating a broader model, we invite engagement, we open the conversation, and poetry becomes from can come from anyone and be about and for anything. And 
the most recent influence in Lisa's writings comes directly from being a parent and is opening up to new thematic and formal ground. She says the first mistook, she first mistook this shift for pragmatism and now takes it as both a gift and invitation, which is the shedding of some ideals of perfection and the willingness to work with more uncertainty within flexibility and changing models. And she adds that if she were to chart this shift, Frost's words might be fitting. And he says the figure is the same as for love. Lisa, you mentioned Frost's words in the quote, the figure is the same as for love. Can you talk about that? How is poetry as a form, as a figure, a form of love? Would you say that all art is this, a form or figure of love? Is that why it can be so palpable and transformative? Well, if, again, um, all art, and if we talk about poetry in particular, um, it's an invitation to explore uh, to connect and to open. So in that sense, yes. And in Frost's, um, this comes from the essay, The Figure a Poem Makes, which is um, not only one of his best-known essays, where there are a lot of really important, um, well-known quotations from it. Um, he, he talks about poetry in particular, but in some places he speaks of all art in general and how the artist works. And it is very much a, a small statement or manifesto about the process of discovery and really committing to staying in the process of discovery, in the mode of curiosity. And he says that if we stay there, if we can let go of our predicted or desired outcomes and stay in the act of discovery, stay on a course of curiosity um, that is when things open up, and that is when we can really find, you know, find these new insights, make these new connections. Um, whether or not it's a, a great, you know, hugely profound uh, piece of knowledge that we arrive at, or whether it's, as he says, a momentary stay against confusion, mm. um, it doesn't matter. These are these are all um, new pieces of learning. That, that just add to what we have as people to draw on. And so he says the figure is the same as for love. It begins in delight and ends in wisdom. Mm. And, you know, those, I think, are, are two aspects of a journey of discovery, a journey that is open and that mm. is loving. That's beautiful. And Lisa, could you read your poem to the makers for us? This poem resonates with the process of allowing ourselves to be moved by po- by poetry, of being ready to drink from the well of poetry. And so that our listeners know to the makers appeared in the Southwest Review as a second place winner of the 2014 Morton Marr Prize. It would be lovely if you could share that poem with us, Lisa. Yeah, sure. I, I wrote this because I have had that really um, transformative experience of, you know, being in a poem and coming to a point where um, it's like going through a wormhole. (laughs) And um, I so wanted to tell that poet, um, you know, and sometimes that poet is someone who's living, someone who we might know, and other times they've been dead for centuries. So Mm. that was the genesis of To the Makers. I want to tell them, all of them, the living and the dead, not about gratitude. I want them to know, 
to tell them that it happens years or ages after their labors. It happens with their work in my hand, on a bowed page, at or near the end of a phrase. A fissure opens onto the deep lake of their making, its slate skin and forested rim, tools strewn on the silty bottom, wavering shapes soft with life along grooves and shanks. Through this water, through murk and sunshaft and clear shoals, the pressure building or falling off, they dove and rose time and again, hauling, gleaning, and leaving the lake to make a portal from words. Lisa, in this time when the world is in such turmoil and we are in such environmental, social, cultural, and political trouble, and we are so busy and distracted, why is poetry ever more important for humanity? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, it is, as I said once again, an invitation to connect, to explore, um, and to open. And... Did you want to? Well, I was just going to say, you know, the last line in, in To the Makers that you just read, it's, you know, the, a portal from words. It feels as though, like you mentioned, poetry acts as a kind of portal to deeper places of human mm-hmm. experience that mm-hmm. ordinary language can't even begin to touch. Um, can you speak to this power and potential of poetry? Okay. Um, and it's it goes with the way you were um directing the question before that too, in that it, because it takes us out of our um, expected outcomes, you know, where our, our, our pattern of thought and, and what we think should happen. Mm-hmm. Um, that whole opening is really about coming into new knowledge and letting go of resistance mm-hmm. and, and entering a mode more of acceptance. So, if if you think of adding that as a tool to you know what we would want our our society our people you know what kind of tools do we want to have then you know tools that help us um, stay present stay open um, those are all good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then can you can you just repeat how you wanted me to address so. Yes, the second part of this aspect of the the last line in your poem. I mean, it's a, it was a powerful poem. Just you know, as you um, introduced the poem, how um, you know if you could speak to the author of that poem and how um, you know the their works, their labors affected you. It's so beautiful. And so the last, the question about the last line and, and having it be a portal from words, that was, it's like, I have this embodied experience of what that <laughs> is from many poems, but the, right. as I shared the, the Machado poem, and it just, I would love for you to speak to what it is about poetry in particular that can be that portal. Well, again, that goes back to it having that the roots in in a real physical experience, such as song. Okay. You know, it's patterns of sound, mm-hmm. um, rhythmic patterns, and melodic 
and harmonic patterns. And that's something that is our natural heritage. I mean, we know this as infants. There's a reason that, you know, most if not all cultures in the world have nursery rhymes Mm -hmm. and little songs. And, you know, we know what makes something memorable. You know, Mm -hmm. you give it a pattern. You give it something compelling and something easy to recall, and that makes it memorable. It also makes it accessible. Mm-hmm. Um, so poetry draws on that whole cache of body knowledge mm-hmm. that is ancient. Um, so there's there, and then there are the associations we have with those, some of which are cultural and some of which are more universal about, you know, different sound patterns and different rhythmic patterns and different speeds, for instance, we associate with various, very specific emotions or categories of emotions. Mm-hmm. You know, if you hear a poem in a language that you don't know or understand, you can still get a pretty good sense of what emotions are, are being accessed or welcomed in or addressed Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, just like when you hear a piece of music you might get a very good sense of whether it is generally happy generally melancholy and and so forth so poetry has that as its Mm -hmm. kind of you know big physical toolkit and then it has language spoken and written language Mm. and there are multiple levels of meaning and association some are very ancient and some are modern and it's going that's going to be different for every person Mm. but when you put the two together it's a really powerful um, nexus for experience it is time to take a short break lisa and i'd love to share a brief excerpt from one of lisa's beautiful manuscripts she says the human and the technological are not topics or even perspectives but interrelated terrain to explore as such the exploration happens in the making and unfolding of each poem my guest today is san mateo county's poet laureate lisa rosenberg for speaking reading consulting and education engagements she can be reached via email at lrconsulting at me.com you can also go to my website experiencerevolutionarywellness.com and click on the radio tab to access recommended resources for becoming more familiar with reading poetry as well as other links associated with previous revolutionary wellness talk radio episodes we will be right back with Lisa Rosenberg. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Do you know that you were born to experience revolutionary wellness? Have you wondered why extraordinary physical, mental, and emotional health has eluded you? Do you know that your infinite personal power resides right here in the present moment? People all over the world are awakening to their birthright, revolutionary wellness. Introducing the Experience Revolutionary Wellness Coaching Program. Log on today to begin your journey into the mystery and join our virtual village. The world, now more than ever, needs you to feel revolutionarily well. Explore and integrate new ways of being. Learn to access your own unique treasure, the wisdom that is right there inside you, waiting to be revealed. Experience a renewed, vivid, and nourishing relationship with yourself and the world around you. 
When you experience revolutionary wellness, you will be the change you wish to see in the world. Log on to experiencerevolutionarywellness.com today and join Rochelle on an adventure into your own unique journey toward revolutionary wellness. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle is an internationally known meditation teacher, clinician of mind and body medicine, lifestyle change, and self-healing. She's an author, speaker, and creator of Experience Revolutionary Wellness Virtual Village. If you would like to reach Rochelle, send an email to Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Again, that's Rochelle at experiencerevolutionarywellness.com. Now back to Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Welcome back, everyone. Lisa, in last week's show, Dr. Christine Page mentioned that to speak, to share, to know who you are is a great gift of creativity and a great gift to humanity. And in response to her comment, you mentioned that to speak, to share, to know you who you are is profoundly healing and nourishing. It is an ongoing, if not regular, process. It is what we do when we make a poem and a piece of art. Also, when we speak and share about what happens to us as we experience a poem or a piece of art, the act of articulating is simultaneously an act of making and knowing and sharing. Can you speak to the significance of being in community with others, the art of poetry, sharing the art of poetry together? What is so cathartic and important about listening to another's poetry or sharing one's poetry with others? Um, You know, I, I have to say when I read your account of the mindfulness training and hearing the Machado poem read, I thought I have not had the gift of that particular experience and really being in that deep, deeply, you know, set aside, protected space um, and, and communal experience for listening to poetry. Um, but that said, um, it is like music, an art that needs to be heard in order to be complete. Mm-hmm. So sharing it, reading it aloud, um, if it's something you have written, having that be heard by a listener completes that cycle, it, you know, just like music. If you have songs that aren't heard, they're not fully living out um, as complete pieces of, of human enterprise. And so there's also, you could say like live theater, you know, there's something that happens when there is both the, the piece being experienced and the experiencer there, and it changes what happens. Um, every time you experience um, a song, a poem, viewing a, a painting that is full of rich with meaning for you, every time you learn something different, um, you experience it slightly differently. So I would say even if you're just sharing it with yourself again, <laughs> that it's another opportunity to find a new pathway, uh, a new path in, a new path 
piece of experience, a new insight, even if it's just an inkling that points you toward some new discovery about yourself or the world or yourself mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. You know that you make the comment that just the, the needing to be heard in order to be completed almost you know, and many things that you've said, can we extrapolate the the process of creating poetry as life itself so that you know it almost feels as though each and every one of us as a human being needs to be heard in order to mm-hmm. be complete and this this power in community is um, incredibly healing and then one last um, question about that too or one related question is this idea of creating your voice as a reader and mm-hmm. this becoming moved to evolve to become our best selves to heal and then bring that healing into the world how can poetry be a part of that process of transformation um, well the whole you know, kind of holographic take on um, making art and making life. Um, There are some very gifted thinkers and writers who have looked at that. I'm even thinking of a book um, several years ago, I think it was Mary Catherine Bateson, uh, Composing a Life, where she talks about the process and the art of composition and how that is like um, we can look at the way we compose our lives in that sense as well. Um, so there are many parallels to that. And so, again, the process of um, being immersed in a practice and reminding ourselves to stay open and to stay in curiosity um, is the same as for life. Mm-hmm. You know, And when we encounter ourselves closing down, narrowing, um, feeling resistance, those are flags to remind us that we can open or, you know, how, you know, okay, I am <laughs> feeling resistance or closing down. Why? Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe there's something there. I can come back to it later and maybe I won't feel so closed um, mm. later on. Lisa, any final thoughts about how, how to apply poetry as a nourishing balm for those wounded places in our own dear hearts? Um I think that gets, continues because, you know, as, as you mentioned, the, the question about reading and listening, um, it wasn't till you posed that question that I really thought explicitly about reading as a creative act mm. and about finding our voice as readers. And, you know, I encourage all of us to collect those pieces that really speak to us. Um, you, if you're at a loss, you can ask friends for recommendations, read, you know, there's so much poetry available online, um, not just in magazines, but um, you, can, you can look at blogs and so forth. Um, but, but just pick out whatever speaks to you or, or is appealing on an aesthetic level or, or even just a strictly the level of insight. Mm-hmm. And and keep those around you physically, you know, put them in a, in a space. Um, Lisa, I would love to end uh, our show with a poem by Irish poet John O'Donohue. Mm. It really um, is very moving. And I often share this particular poem during the mindfulness courses I facilitate mm-hmm. at San Jose State University. I was wondering if we could play a recording of John reading his own poem. Yeah, and I thank you for that because this is going into my collection of mm. uh, healing healing pieces. I am going to cue that up and unplug myself so you can hear it. Thank you so much. 
this is a poem I wrote several years ago, and it's called Vanoth, which is the Gaelic word for blessing. On the day when the weight deadens on your shoulders and you stumble, may the clay dance the balance. And when your eyes freeze behind the grey window and the ghost of loss gets into you, may a flock of colours, indigo, red, green and azure blue come to awaken in you a meadow of delight. And the canvas frays in the corrock of thought, and a stain of ocean blackens beneath you. May there come across the waters a path of yellow moonlight to bring you safely home. May the nourishment of the earth be yours. May the clarity of light be yours. May the fluency of the ocean be yours. May the protection of the ancestors be yours. And so may a slow wind work these words of love around you, an invisible cloak to mind your life. Allow me to thank Lisa Rosenberg for being with us today on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio and for inspiring us to begin to attune our ears, our hearts, and our minds toward greater degrees of health and well-being and for sharing her inspiring work with my listeners. It has been so wonderful to talk with you today, Lisa. Thank you so much for being with us on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Rochelle, you are so welcome. It has been my pleasure. Um, I'm really grateful that the supervisors created this position. I'm grateful for your show. And I want to just leave you with a small quote from Neil Postman, who wrote The End of Education, because this is really all about learning. A metaphor is not an ornament. It is an organ of perception. That's beautiful. And to all of my listeners, I would love for you to join me next week right here as we will have an inspiring conversation with education activist Lisa Betz-Lacroix about revolutionary approaches to learning and education in an uncertain future. It is such a pleasure to be here with you all on Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. May you experience each day as a sacred gift woven around the heart of wonder. This is a quote by poet John O'Donohue. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Until Until next time, I'm Rochelle McLaughlin. May you be well. Thank you for opening your heart and mind to a new way of being, to greater degrees of self-compassion and wellness, and your experience of your own infinite potential with Revolutionary Wellness Talk Radio. Join host Rochelle next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time to turn courageously toward your own unique experience of health and wellness here on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Remember, you too can experience revolutionary wellness.